Hello and welcome to the Tecorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 10th of June. Hi, this is Kevin, who's standing in for Rob tonight. We've also got Jane and we have two relief readers tonight, Andrew and Gabriella. We also have Nicola, who is joining us and will read during part of the evening and get a feel of what we do. The editor this week is also Kevin, that's me as well. Our technician this week is Gary and this is Team 2. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. We've also a few items from the Watford Observer too. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headline is the hospital plans relaunch and the cash boost. There's a lot of content dedicated to the hospital this week but we felt it's a big issue so we didn't want to cut too much out. Before we begin, though, a reminder about our AGM. It's this Saturday. It's Saturday the 10th of June at the Adifield Community Centre, 2pm. Tea and biscuits will be provided. If that doesn't get you there, I don't know what will. This is a great opportunity for the DTN team to meet listeners and hear what they think. It's also an opportunity for listeners to meet the team that make the weekly broadcast possible. We're looking forward to meeting all that can make it. And that's a message from Audrey, our secretary. Okay, we're ready now for the the main news items. Hello, this is Gabriella Reading. How hospitals will look and work after cash boost. The government says it is on track to build 40 new hospitals by 2030. And Southwest Hertfordshire will get a share of a cash boost worth more than 20 billion pounds. Last month, the government committed to funding a rebuild at Watford General Hospital as part of its national new hospital program. West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospital, NHS Trust, has proposed a £1.2 billion scheme to refurbish and rebuild parts of the Hamel Hampstead and St Albans City Hospitals alongside the larger Watford unit. If the scheme goes ahead in full, each of the three hospitals would have a more clearly defined role the Trust has previously said. Watford General would support emergency, inpatient and complex care, while patients would head to Hamel Hampstead for planned medical care, or St Albans for planned surgery and cancer treatment. Hamel Hampstead Hospital. The Quorum Borough Council approved draft plans for work at Hamel Hampstead Hospital in August 2022. If the build goes ahead as planned, West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospital NHS would extend to Verulam Building, bolt on a new entrance and canopy to the urgent treatment center and reconfigure the car park. The extension would house MRI and CT scan services. According to a planning statement, the aim would be to consolidate existing plans, medical, planned medical services across the Hamel Hampstead Hospital into the Verulam Wing. The statement sets out inpatient and endoscopy and pathology patients would be seen off-site, while other planned medical services will be decanted into the Verulam wing from Watford General Hospital and St Albans City Hospital. Hello, this is Andrew. Watford General Hospital was once a workhouse which gradually became a hospital throughout the late 19th and early 20th centuries. The campus is now made up of a collection of buildings and only one, the acute admission unit, which opened in 2009, is operationally acceptable. According to planning documents, 91% of the current hospital facilities are not functionally suitable. 
Watford Borough Council approved the plans in principle almost two years ago in July 2021. If the approved plan becomes a reality, a new block would be built on land next to the existing buildings. Many of the old units would be demolished. The building would house up to 1,000 beds, up from the approximately 600 in the current unit. The accident and emergency and outpatients area would feature at the lower levels, while spaces intended for longer stays would be fitted out towards the top, where patients and staff will benefit from daylight and views. The report adds, access to roof gardens that support healing and recovery have informed the locations of clinical departments caring for children and the elderly. St Albans City Hospital is West Hertfordshire's elective care base and is kitted out with a wide range of cancer outpatients and diagnostic services. In its original planning application, which the local city and district council approved last September, the trust set out that 60% of the existing hospital facilities are not up to scratch. Some areas of the hospital, including the Runcie and Moynihan wards, need major investment now to remain safe. Full plans were submitted to St Albans City and District Council in May 2023, which would supersede earlier outlined plans. It adds it intends to build a larger theatre block, which would lead to the creation of the Hearts and West Essex Elective Care Hub. This would increase the number of surgical procedures and reduce the delay internally for patients who are waiting for ophthalmology for eye disorders, ear, nose and throat, and orthopaedic surgery, and later to be expanded to other services. NHS leaders in West Hertfordshire have welcomed the news and its plans for Watford General Hospital will be fully funded. Matthew Coates, the Trust's Chief Executive, said, This is fantastic news. Our patients and staff can look forward to a complete transformation in terms of our buildings and the way our services work together. Phil Townsend, Trust Chair, said... This announcement marks a significant milestone in our quest to build the much-needed new hospital for the people of Watford and West Hertfordshire. This is a culmination of many years of unrelenting hard work led by the Trust Board. It has been a long road to this point and I am incredibly grateful to the colleagues for their continued engagement and particularly for their detailed work on the plans. The exact figure that the Government will hand over to the for the Watford General Hospital project is yet to be confirmed. In its May 2023 announcement, the Department of Health and Social Care said two new hospital programme schemes have already been completed. Five units were added to the scheme and will be given immediate support, although none are in Hertfordshire. Watford, along with nearby hospitals in Harlow, Hillingdon and Whips Cross, is in the third out of four cohorts. A government spokesman confirmed that at least 40 hospitals should be complete by 2030, including plans announced as part of Cohort 3, but some in the fourth cohort could be delayed. The Decorum Borough Council leader has welcomed the announcement that the government will completely fund the West Hearts Hospital rebuild. Councillor Ron Tyndall has vowed to make sure Hemel gets its fair share of government funding for a new health facility. On May 27th, Health Secretary Stephen Barclay 
revealed that Watford General Hospital rebuild will be fully funded. It is one of 40 hospitals the government has vowed to complete by 2030 as part of the government sorry the Conservative Party manifesto commitments made during the 2019 general election. Councillor Ron Tyndall said, as the new leader of Decorum Borough Council, I welcome the funding announcement for a new acute hospital for South West Hearts. The council will now work to ensure that Hemel has its fair share of the funding. We want to see a new, modern and attractive health facility for the people of Hemel Hempstead, located in the heart of the town centre, providing a wide range of services which meet the health needs of local people. This is an opportunity that must be grasped to reduce health inequalities in decorum and to support the regeneration of the town centre. We look forward to working in partnership with the NHS and neighbouring authorities to try and make this happen for the people of Hemel Hempstead. Hemel Hempstead MP Sir Mike Penning, who has campaigned for a hospital to be built outside of Watford and closer to his constituents, also welcomed the news. He said, I very much welcome... I very much welcome this news. I, I am a community action group such as the new hospital campaign group have been campaigning for a completely new acute hospital for all in West Hertfordshire and I am delighted that a fully funded completely new building has been given the go ahead today. We are understandably disappointed that it will be in the existing Watford site when it's so obvious that a new site equally accessible from Hemel Hempstead to St Albans and Watford would have been the more sensible option. But I concede that that battle may now have been lost. Let's talk. Readers' letters. Hospital funding welcomed. West Hart's 21st Century Hospital Solution welcomes the announcement of the 25th of May 2023 from the government that a new hospital for West Hertfordshire will be fully funded. This recent announcement backs up their previous position that up to £590 million could be made available for a new hospital for the people of West Hertfordshire. The recent government announcement made it clear, however, that the new hospital must be designed and built in a modular, standardised way. This 21st century efficient approach would result in a reduction in both costs and time of up to 25% compared with previous major NHS hospital schemes. Adopting this 21st century efficiency criteria would enable the new hospital to be completed by 2030 and in addition would accelerate treasury and other government assurance processes. Historically, NHS hospitals have been far too bespoke, taking an average of 11 and a half years to complete, with huge overruns on both time and costs. The Department of Health and Social Care has also made it clear that the final decision on any proposed scheme will be dependent on full business case approval, in line with all the criteria for investment. The Grenfell Tower new hospital design, as currently proposed by West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals, NHS Trust, does not come near to meeting the government's hospital investment criteria. Constructing a hospital 20 metres taller than Grenfell Tower on the sloping car park immediately adjacent to the busy operating hospital will make it impossible to deliver to the required 21st century efficiency criteria. The Trust's current, current proposal has been estimated to cost in excess of a staggering £1.2 billion. 
Patients and staff using the existing busy hospitals would also suffer from the dust, noise, and general disturbance caused by the prolonged enabling and construction works. The design by West Hart's 21st Century Hospital solution has, on the other hand, fully embraced the 21st Century Hospital Efficiency concepts and would fully meet the government's mandated new hospital efficiency criteria. It has also been designed to fit on any eight-hectare eight site, including for car parking and planned future expansion, and could be built on a far more equally accessible site for the people of Hamel Hampstead, St. Albans, and Watford. West Hart's 21st Century Hospital Solution notes that the new leader of the Quorum Borough Council, Councillor Ron Tindall, states that he would like to reduce health inequalities for the people of the Quorum, which is the largest part of West Hertfordshire. He should therefore not accept the current proposal from our local NHS trust, whereby our only future A&E and maternity hospital will be located on the far side of Watford, next to the football ground, with even the endoscopy unit currently at Hamel Hampstead being transferred out to St. Albans. And the letter comes from Gordon Yearwood and Ian Ray. Celebrating 10 years of door-to-store service, Community Action Decorum is celebrating 10 years of its community shopping service, which helps elderly people and those with disabilities remain independent. Community Action Decorum introduced a shopping service called Door-to-Store, D2S, in April 2013 for people living in Bovingdon and Kings Langley. The aim of the service is to help the elderly and people with disabilities to remain independent in their own homes by supporting them to access a local supermarket and give them an opportunity to meet and make new friends. Running every week, alternating between the two villages, the service is supported by four volunteers. To celebrate the success of the service, we met up with the Bovingdon service and the minibus driver, Andy Miles, and passenger assistants, Fiona MacDonald and Janet Bond. Andy, Fiona and Janet have made a difference to the lives of people living in the Bovingdon area over the past 10 years. Without their help, Jean wouldn't be able to go shopping. She said, I can hardly walk and need to use a wheelchair when going around the store. Coming on the minibus once a fortnight is the only time I get to go out. I really missed the service when it didn't run during lockdown. Everyone is so nice and helpful on the bus. Sheila uses D2S because there is no other way of coming down to the supermarket. She said, it gives me independence and I can see what I'm getting and take my time. My daughter used to bring me shopping and we would dash around the store. I only got the chance to walk around the clothing section when I started using D2S. It feels more like an outing and everyone is lovely. Sylvia was waiting for a hip replacement, so using the service was really helpful. She said, the volunteers are fantastic, they help carry your shopping bags into your house. I can drive, but can't really cope with doing the shopping on my own. Both Fiona and Janet want to celebrate what Andy does for all the shoppers, saying he is so easygoing and good with the ladies. He never gets ruffled and stays calm all the time. He has helped out some of the ladies in the homes with odd jobs. If anyone needs a prescription picked up, he will do that at the same time. At Easter, his grandchildren made a personalised Easter card for all the shoppers. He brought them on the bus so that they could hand them out to everyone. It was such a lovely thing to do and so appreciated by the ladies.
Why do you volunteer for door to store? Andy said, 10 years ago, I saw an opportunity advertised to drive a minibus for a new community shopping service, door to store. I was working part time at the time and thought it would be an ideal thing to do. I've always done something and helped in the community, including being a scout leader. After taking early retirement, I became a carer. I enjoy helping with door to store and it's great fun. The passengers are a good bunch and you can really tell that they enjoy it too. It's just about getting them out and about. We used to stop in the cafe at Sainsbury's after everyone had finished their shopping. We had a cuppa and a chat, but unfortunately Sainsbury's closed the cafe about a year ago. They really miss this, but they do have a good chat on the minibus. Door to store is very much about the social side. Some people really don't buy much shopping and just go for the enjoyable experience. Fiona said, I started when I retired seven years ago. I wanted to do something and really enjoy it. My dad lived in Glasgow, so even though I couldn't help him out, I'm, I'm able to help somebody else. I've got to know the ladies and help Jean whenever she goes. Janet said, I really enjoy helping out every fortnight. I like to keep active and have always helped people out. The social aspect of door to store is very important to me and the shoppers. They are, they are good company. I help Joyce, who is 99 years old, every time she comes, and it's a way of her getting here and chatting with the other ladies. We take the shopping into her home, put it away in her fridge for her. I also pop to see Joyce on other days for a social chat and to check if she needs any support. There's a great camaraderie between the three of us. As a volunteer role, it's very easy. They are a nice group of ladies and very appreciative. Andy was asked, have you had any memorable moments? He said, apart from some drivers not getting out of the way of the minibus and being awkward in the drop-off and pick-up area, the service has run very smoothly over the past 10 years. I did manage to forget and leave behind a shopper once though. One of the shoppers who was in her 90s saw us pulling away and hot-footed it over to the bus stop and jumped onto a bus. As I pulled into her road thinking she was still on the bus, I saw her walking along the pavement. I couldn't believe it, she'd beaten us back too. I didn't make this mistake again, although I did forget Janet the volunteer once. I did see her come to the minibus, but she must have taken a trolley back because I didn't realise she wasn't on the minibus until we'd got to the train station when one of the passengers noticed and said, where's Janet? The volunteer still teased me about this. It's also, a great, it's also great that we bring Joyce every fortnight. She's hoping she'll still be able to come when she turns 100 on the 20, in, sorry, in January 2024. New apprentice officers join Hearts Police. Hertfordshire Constabulary has welcomed 15 new apprentice police officers to its force. Deputy Chief Constable Bill Jefferson formally welcomed them to sorry, formally welcomed them to the force at the passing out parade. Hertfordshire Police runs a fully funded degree apprenticeship with a salary starting at £29,682. It is a three-year work-based practical course which enables apprentices to join as a police officer and achieve a bachelor's degree in professional policing practice. The latest group to join the force is made up of eight men and seven women, including an ex-warehouse operative, two sales assistants, a former accountant, 
customer assistant, delivery driver, and an ex-nursery nurse. Family and friends of the students attended police event held after the group finished their first stage of police training. DCC Jefferson gave them frame certificates and said, it is a pleasure to be with you today to celebrate your achievements and welcome you to our very special team. You have all been successful in graduating from your initial stage of training and you are some of the first to join us on the PCDA program. You have absorbed an incredible amount of information and you will now put that knowledge into practice, learning new skills and building experience working on the streets in our communities. This job will inspire you, stretch you, amaze you, test you, satisfy you and might even delight you at times. There will not be a day when you don't have an opportunity to make a difference to someone else's life, to restore order to the, their chaos or to provide some humanity and compassion to a human tragedy. Policing is about service and people, putting the public first, offering a local, personalized and friendly approach to all of those within our community and working together to prevent crime and harm. Highly visible policing is a key part of what we try to achieve within Hertfordshire, and we now have more officers than ever before. Three of the apprentice officers will be posted in Hatfield, two in St. Albans, two in Hamel Hampstead, two in Potter Bar, Potter's Bar and South Mims, one in Royston, one in Boroughmouth, one in Watford, one in Latchworth, one in Huddiston and one in Hitchin. Empty office block turned into 33 affordable homes. An empty office block in Hemel Hempstead's town centre has been transformed into 33 new affordable homes for rent by Hightown Housing Association. Charter Court, located on Midland Road in Hemel, will now provide 16 one-bedroom and 17 two-bedroom apartments allocated to people in housing need nominated by Decorum Borough Council. During an opening event, Councillor Ron Tyndall, the new leader of Decorum Borough Council, declared the homes officially open. Also attending the event was new local councillor Sadie Hobson, representing the Hemeltown Ward, Hightown's chief executive and chair of the board. A representative from Homes England and representatives from Thomas Sindon, the contractors responsible for the redevelopment works. The former two-storey office block, previously occupied by a holiday leisure company, has been completely transformed. Two new storeys have been added to the structure, along with new brick cladding, and the windows have been repositioned, giving the whole building a modern new look. The block also has an underground car park for residents. The redevelopment benefited from grant funding from Homes England, which meant that all the flats could be for rent and allocated to those in housing need. David Bogle, Chief Executive at Hightown Housing Association said, we are pleased to have worked with Decorum Borough Council and Thomas Sindon contractors to give this former office block a new lease of life and provide safe and affordable homes for those priced out of renting at market rates. I'm very grateful to Homes England for their grant funding, which has helped us deliver more affordable housing at a time when the cost of living pressures are acute. Councillor Ron Tyndall, leader of Decorum Borough Council, added, It is fantastic to see more social housing built in the heart of Hemel Hempstead. We always need good quality affordable homes in Decorum, and I am sure the new residents will enjoy living in these modern, bright and well-located apartments. 
To help ease the homelessness and housing crisis, Hightown plans to build over 1,000 homes in Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire over the next two years. Touching tribute paid to beloved mum. Over £16,000 has been raised after an amazing mum of two died at the age of 37. Kelly Stocker passed away on Friday, May the 12th, shortly after being unexpectedly diagnosed with cancer. Kelly, mother to Chase and Blake and wife to her husband Paul, visited a doctor in April to complain of some pain and shortness of breath. After undergoing blood tests, she was rushed into hospital where she was diagnosed with cancer. Despite fighting with everything she had, Kelly later passed away surrounded by her family. Kelly, who worked at Bovingdon Preschool, has been described as an amazing parent who was the heart of the Bovingdon community. A friend since nursery, Katie McGeary told the Watford Observer she was, really she was a really dedicated mum all she ever wanted was to have a family. She was really caring, quick-witted, funny. The GoFundMe page has been started to raise money for funeral costs and to support Kelly's family. Speaking of the reason for the page, Katie continued, When it happened, obviously it was a huge shock to everyone. She was only diagnosed a few weeks before, so there was no preparation in advance of it. The family weren't able to save money or prepare. We wanted to help raise as much money as we can. Kelly's GoFundMe page reads, Kelly will be immeasurably missed and many didn't get to say goodbye as we lost her so suddenly. Friends and family had no inkling our time with her would be so short and that losing her would come so soon. Her family now faced the unimaginable task of planning the farewell she deserves and Paul also has to navigate these next steps without the love of his life by his side. Now we want to do what Kelly has done for so many others, but we need your support. We are asking for help to raise what we can to aid her family in the time of need. So far, £16,875 has been raised, eclipsing the family's £4,000 target. A woman was punched in the face as five men stole Rolex and Gucci watches, amongst other items, during a traumatic Kings Langley robbery. Police are appealing for witnesses and information following the incident around 10.15pm on Monday the 28th, 22nd of May. Police say that five men had targeted a property in Hempstead Road in the village while its two occupants were at home. It is alleged the five men jumped over a fence into the garden where the female victim was at the time before entering the property. As the offenders were leaving, the woman grabbed one of the men by the arm before he punched her on the chin. Items including Rolex and Gucci watches, a silver bracelet and cash were stolen during the incident. Investigator Deborah Newsham from the Hemel Hempstead Local Crime Unit said... This was a traumatic incident for both of the victims at the address, but thankfully they were not seriously hurt. We are doing all we can to trace the men involved. As part of our inquiries, I'm appealing for any witnesses to please come forward, particularly have you, if you saw anything suspicious leading up to the incident. If your vehicle was in the area and you have dash cam fitted, please check your footage to make 
to see if it's captured something that could help us progress our investigation. Anyone with information can contact me directly on deborah.newsham at hearts.police.uk. Alternatively, you can stay 100% anonymous by contacting the independent charity Crime Stoppers on 080 <laughs> or via their untraceable online form at crimestoppers-uk.org. Crime Stoppers is a community programme that helps people to provide anonymous information about criminal activity. To receive police messages about a range of topics, including burglary, scams and missing people in your local area, sign up or download the OWL Crime Alerts app from your app store. Underpass given a makeover. Gatebridge Park's lovingly painted underpass is back in pristine condition, thanks to the creative input of the town's altruistic group Hamel Rocks. The inspiring mural they produced to mark Armed Forces Day in 2019 became a target for mindless vandals, but with a little help from Paul Parker of Hearts County Council, members of the group recently gave it a makeover and Paul has arranged for an anti-graffiti coating. Hamel Rock's spokesperson, Chris Alsop, says, It's over three years old, so needed a good clean, and it will be in pristine condition for Armed Forces Day this year, Saturday, June 24th. It really looks great and we hope people will enjoy it for a few more years. Hamel Rocks came into being in 2017 after a craze for painting rocks and leaving them for unsuspecting passersby to find went viral. People will, would either keep them or rehide them. Chris explains, it was a random act of kindness, something that would make someone smile and brighten their day. Word soon spread and groups started all over the UK. She started dropping stones in her area, and was quickly joined by other moms and local schools. She recalls, we were overwhelmed by the response. In January 2018, we had 105 members. By February, it has grown to 600, and by March, it was 4,000. Since then, it slowed down a little, and we now have 5,900. Chris adds, it was a great activity for families during COVID and lockdown. It's much quieter now, everyone is back to work, but it's still running and we still get involved in community events. Local graffiti street artist, Crudspan, helped with the original Armed Forces Day mural, assisted by Chris and other Hamill Rocks members, Pat Jackman, Nigel Matters, and Carrie Howard. Earlier this year, the group painted and hid 50 special coronation rocks to entertain visitor, visitors at the town's street party. They also celebrated the NHS's 70th birthday in 2018 by distributing 170 NHS 70 rocks around the decorum area. If you'd like to join the group, visit them on Facebook at hashtag HamelRocks or Instagram at HamelRocks. Talk about it, keep talking, and don't make a permanent decision for a temporary feeling. That is the key advice from a Watford woman who survived a suicide attempt as she opened up on her struggles to help people for Mental Health Awareness Month. Sophie Sturman, 28, said she first suffered with her mental health when she was 13, but after looking for help in the wrong places, she eventually tried to take her life last year. I was so lost and stuck and not knowing where to turn as I had been let down so many times in the past, she told the Watford Observer. I then made the wrong choice because I was feeling so low. 
It left her with life-changing injuries and she still needs crutches and a walking frame. But a year on, Sophie has managed to turn things around and is keen to raise awareness of what happened while highlighting help available. A big factor in her recovery was support from family, friends, her private therapist and local mental health teams. St Mary's Hospital, where she was taken, also helped along with the police. She said, I just knew I couldn't go on the way I was feeling and it was about making your voice heard, telling them how you're feeling over and over again until they listen to you. I look at life a lot differently and I would hate for anyone ever to be in a situation like I was. Suicide is the biggest killer of young adults according to government figures with 115 people of all ages taking their lives in the UK each week. Sophie pointed to lots of help available for those suffering with their mental health, including the charity Mind and a shout text line for young minds, which she found useful. Talking to a GP or calling Hertfordshire's single point of access, 24 by 7 mental health helpline were other recommendations. My key message to anyone feeling suicidal is please, please talk about it and keep talking about it, she said. Don't make a permanent decision for a temporary feeling or thought. I promise you now, if you told me 10 years ago that I would be where I am now in recovery, I would have laughed at you. Anything is possible, there is help and support out there. Anyone feeling distressed or suicidal can call Samaritans for help on 116 123 or email joe at samaritans.org. Training to support LGBTQ plus community. Around 30 Hertfordshire officers received specialist training to help them better support victims of LGBTQ plus hate crime and the wider community. The officers volunteered for the training and are now officially LGBTQ plus liaison officers. This specialist role plays an integral part in the constabulary's, constabulary's efforts to protect the LGBTQ plus community from hate crime and to increase awareness and understanding. A number of officers from Bedfordshire Police and Cambridgeshire Constabulary also attended the course, which took place on Friday the 19th of May, in the same week that marked International Day against homophobia, biophobia and transphobia. Alongside their normal duties, LGBTQ plus liaison officers are responsible for a number of areas. Encouraging the LGBTQ plus community to report hate crimes to police and to give information, advice and support to victims and witnesses of crimes. Positively engaging, engaging with the LGBTQ plus community and developing a good working relationship with the relevant partners and key community groups dedicated to LGBTQ plus issues. Advising and supporting fellow police officers dealing with hate crimes. Raising the awareness among colleagues and promoting understanding about the needs of the LGBTQ plus community. The training provided real-life examples and advice around situations where local officers had provided support to the LGBTQ plus community. This included responding to a schoolboy attempted to take his own life after being bullied for being gay. 
The course took place at Hertfordshire headquarters and was led by the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire LGBTQ plus police support networks. Guest speakers from the LGBTQ plus charities also attended. PC Toby George, chair of the Hearts Police LGBTQ plus network said, it was great to see so many colleagues taking up the opportunity to help the LGBTQ plus community. The real life case studies were very eye opening and really hit home the importance of building up trust with the LGBTQ plus community. We know that hate crime remains, an under -report, remains underreported, so it is important that we as the police are doing everything we can to support our LGBTQ plus community and give them the reassurance they need to come forward and make a report. Hate crimes are crimes like any other, but that have the added distinction that the victim was targeted because of their disability, race, religion, sexual orientation or transgender identity. Victims and witnesses can report incidents to police via the non-emergency number 101, online at hearts.police.uk forward slash report or 999 if a crime is ongoing. Victims can be reassured that they will be taken seriously and treated with sensitivity. For more information about hate crime, including how to report it and where to get support, go to the heartsagain-sth.org. LGBTQ plus liaison officers can be reached by calling the non-emergency number 101 or by contacting the force online. The support of an LGBTQ plus officer can then be requested if required. Hello, my name is Nicola and I've taken over from Kevin. The council gives out free compost. A council giveaway proved food for the soil for green-fingered decorum residents. 10 tonnes of compost were shared between more than 300 households in May as Decorum Borough Council marked International Compost Awareness Week. The council distributed the compost to keen gardeners, well as to volunteer gardeners of Cupid Green Depot. The compost, provided by waste recycling company Biogen, was produced from garden waste collected from homes across Decorum. More than 300 packets of bee-friendly wildflower seeds were also given out through the Decorum Climate Action Network to support pollinators and brighten up gardens and allotments. As well as garden waste, compost bins can be used to recycle some food waste, including tea bags, fruit and vegetable peelings. More guide, guidance on composting and on the Garden Waste Service, an annual charge of £45, can be found on the Council's website, www decorum.gov.uk forward slash garden dash waste. Top compost tips. One, buy a decent compost bin. If you don't fancy building a compost heap like the large ones we have at Eden, try a compost bin. They're compact, so they're perfect for smaller gardens and yards. Two, pick the perfect spot for your compost heap or bin. It's best to site it on a level, well-drained spot which will ensure that any excess water drains away easily. This also helps worms get in. And three, let the worms do the hard work. Nature has provided us with the perfect waste disposal unit in the humble worm. 
They eat the waste material you put in and convert this into liquid food and compost. Food Hygiene Awards. Over 70% of the Quorum's hygiene-rated cafe, restaurants or canteens have been awarded five-star ratings from the government's Food Standards, Standards Agency, FSA. The figure follows recent visits by the FSA to seven of the Quorum's food, establish, food establishments. In the cafe, restaurants and canteen category, Park Hill Farm Stable in Tring received a five-star rating, while Olive Limes in Tring was handed a four out of five rating, and Crazy Goat at the Green Village Center was rated three stars. It means that of the Quorum's 237 restaurants, cafes, and canteens with ratings, 170 have ratings of five and none have zero ratings. In the pubs, bars, and nightclubs category, the Old Bell Gate in Mary's Road and the Three Tons in Bellswains both received five stars. Meanwhile, two takeaways were also rated. They included Atkins Master Bakers in Tring, which received five stars, and Lucky Stars in Stonycroft, which received a rating of four. The FSA scheme gives businesses a rating from five to zero, which is displayed at their premises and online, so you can make more informed choices about where to buy and eat food. The scheme is law in Wales and Northern Ireland, but display of the rating sticker is voluntary in England. Rating system. Five, hygiene standards are very good. Four, hygiene standards are good. Three, hygiene standards are generally satisfactory. Two, some improvement is necessary. One, major improvement is necessary. And zero, urgent improvement is required. Obituaries. Roy Bride, teacher and lecturer, passed away peacefully on Friday the 12th of May, aged 95. Funeral service at West Hearts Crematorium, Friday 9th of June at 2 p.m. Keith Nigel Farmery, passed away peacefully on the 10th of May, aged 85. Maria Gwyneth Meset, née Butler, passed away on Sunday, 21st of May, funeral service at West Hearts Crematorium, Wednesday, the 14th of June, at 1pm. Harold Nichols, sadly passed away on the 22nd of May, aged 77. Funeral service at Beaton Crematorium, Friday, 16th of June, at 12pm. Sandra Thorne, sadly passed away 26th of May, aged 85. Funeral service at St Martha's Church, Tring, Wednesday 14th of June at 10.30am. May they all rest in peace. What's on in the week ahead? Comedy. Dara O'Brien will be at the Grove Theatre at Dunstable on June the 11th. The much-loved comic promises to fire out the usual mix of stories, one-liners, audience messing and tripping over his words by talking too quickly because he's so giddy to be back in front of a crowd. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book. In the theatre, Locomotive for Murder, the improvised whodunit at the Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, on June the 9th. The totally improvised murder mystery puts killing the cast and cracking the case in the hands of the audience. Expect dubious accents and shaky alibis. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. Family Theatre. Zog. 
Alban Arena, St. Albans, June 13th to 15th. Large in size and keen in nature, Zog is eager to win a golden star at Madame Dragon's School, where dragons learn all the things that dragons need to know. Zog tries very hard, perhaps too hard, and he bumps, burns, and roars his way through years one, two, and three. Luckily, the plucky Princess Pearl patches him up ready to face his biggest challenge yet, a duel with Knight Sir Gadabout the Great. The smash hit stage adaptation from the team behind Zog and the Flying Doctors and Stickman features lively songs from the Joe Stilgo, bringing Julia Donaldson and Axel Schaffler's much-loved Zog to life for all ages. The show runs for an hour with no in interval. Visit alban-arena.co.uk to book or for more information. And final theatre news, Menopause, the musical 2, Grove Theatre, Dunstable, June the 15th. Step aboard and enjoy a trip of self-discovery, love and friendship, all backed by a soundtrack of comically parodied hits dealing with hot flushes, mood swings, memory lapses and weight gain. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book. Films at the cinema this week. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. Chevalier, 2023. This is based on the true story of composer Joseph Boulogne, Chevalier de Saint-Georges, the illegitimate son of an African slave and a French plantation owner. He rises, to the heights, he rises to heights in French society as a composer before an ill-fated love affair. This is directed by Stephen Williams. Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales returns for the next chapter of the Oscar-winning Spider-Verse saga, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time, friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of Spider-People charged with protecting its very existence. But when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other Spiders and must redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves most. The Boogeyman 20th Century Studio presents The Boogeyman, a horror thriller from the mind of best-selling author Stephen King, coming to cinemas June 2023. High school student Sadie Harper and her younger sister Sawyer are reeling from the recent death of their mother and aren't getting much support from their father, Will, a therapist who is dealing with his own pain. When a desperate patient unexpectedly shows up at their home seeking help, he leaves behind the terrifying supernatural entity that preys on families and feeds on the suffering of its victims. We had an email in from the Guide Dogs organisation that is really interesting about sighted guides training. The Guide Dogs organisation offers free training for anyone who wants to feel confident when guiding a friend or family member aged 18 and over with a vision impairment. The training will enable participants to help their friend or family member get out and about and do the things they enjoy, from garden centres to gigs. This is a virtual group session where participants will learn or refresh the skills to guide safely with expert support from our staff. 
and participants can meet people in a similar situation for mutual support. In this two-hour session, friends and family of those with sight loss will learn how to help your friend or family member get around the obstacles they come across every day so that they can get out and about with confidence, get top tips for practical guiding such as the correct grip to use, walking through narrow spaces and how to detect changes on the ground and at head level, discuss some of the emotional consequences of sight loss, get an introduction to issues around access rights for those with sight loss, and finally, meet others with similar experiences with the chance to share knowledge and helpful tips with each other. This training is specifically tailored to the support networks of an adult with a vision impairment, and participants can attend either by themselves or with a group of friends and family. The person with sight loss is welcome to attend, but does not have to. The sessions are delivered virtually, but face-to-face -face sessions can be arranged if required. The training is suitable for adults and children aged 12 years and over where the child is accompanied by an adult. To register interest for an upcoming session, visit www.guidedogs.org.uk forward slash sighted guiding, one word. Additionally, Guide Dogs offers an introduction to sighted guide training, a shorter one-hour session open to anyone aged 18 and over. If you know anyone who would like to learn the basics of guiding an adult with sight loss, this session is ideal for those working or volunteering with the public. Information is via the same link. You can also contact the Guide Dogs organisation on 0800 781 14. Four, four. 300 walkers raise funds for children's society. A group of 300 walkers recently donned their hiking boots and followed three different scenic routes with the aim of raising funds to support vulnerable children. The Children's Society Berkhamsted Committee has organised a Berkhamsted walk since 1968. New routes this year included a choice of three different different distances, a six-mile family trail, a 12-mile bluebell walk and an 18-mile challenge, all through beautiful countryside. Committee chair and volunteer Clifford Hurst said, it was wonderful to see everyone taking part in, an, in our annual Berkhamsted walk with fabulous new signed routes, including checkpoints organised by, by our marvellous volunteer team. We are so pleased to have raised over £5,000 for the Children's Society and the invaluable work that they do supporting the young. He added, thank you to our sponsors, Waitrose and Gales Bakery, and to all the volunteers without whom the walk would not be possible. Thank you also to the First Berkhamsted Scouts and the Blue Tangerine Cafe, a mobile charitable cafe run by children from two local special needs schools for joining us and providing refreshments for walkers. The Children's Society supports children, including those in care, those who go missing from home or, at risk, or are at risk from sexual or criminal exploitation, those experiencing mental health issues and young refugees. It also campaigns for changes in policies and laws to benefit children and young people. Its spokesperson, Hannah Ratcliffe, said, 
We have a number of services in the east of England supporting children and young people and are incredibly thankful to the Berkhamsted Committee volunteers for all their efforts in organising this event and the general support of the local community. Without the incredible dedication of supporters like them, we wouldn't be able to make a difference to the lives of nearly so many disadvantaged children across the country and offer them hope of a brighter future. You can still donate via justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash walk. Next year's walk has a provisional date of Sunday the May the 12th. If you'd like to take part or help, please email inquiries at berkhamsteadwalk.com. Pets need homes. There are two lovely cats now looking for their forever home together due to changes in their owner's circumstances. Suki is a female white and black cat and Quincy is male and all black. They're the perfect soulmates. Quincy is a lovely laid-back boy who loves attention and always up for a good game and happy for you to join in. Suki is a bit shyer on first meeting, but once she has sussed it all out, she loves attention and loves a good play as well. They do love company and would prefer it if there is someone around part of the day. And they would be happier in a calm, friendly environment as the only pets. Access to a garden after their settling in period would be ideal. For more details, contact Cats Protection, Hemel Hempstead and Berkhamsted via www.cats.org.uk forward slash decorum or call 0345 371 1851. Scarecrow Festival. For less than the cost of a fancy coffee, you could enter the Boxmore Scarecrow competition and stand a chance of winning the people's choice and a grand prize of 50 pounds. Your very own custom-designed scarecrow displayed outside your home will feature on the trail map and you'll be given a free copy. The festival takes place on the first weekend in July, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday, July the 1st and 2nd, and it promises to be a fun day out for all the family with soft drinks and ice cream on sale, as well as a barbecue from 12 to 2 p.m. each day. If you don't win the grand prize, you could be in the running for the second or third prize. More information at Boxmore Scarecrow Festival on Facebook or email Boxmore Scarecrow Festival in one word at gmail.com. Celebrate the armed forces at the annual event. Dedicated servicemen and women will be honoured at Decorum's annual Armed Forces Day event. Decorum Borough Council is hosting the event on Saturday, June the 24th in Gadebridge Park. The day aims to support the armed forces community from serving troops to service families, veterans and cadets. Highlights include the Silver Star Parachute Display Team, reenactment groups, the world's fifth strongest man and rock climbing as well as entertainment for younger family members. Visitors can also peruse charity and food and drink stalls. Councillor Carol Weston said, Armed Forces Day is an opportunity to come together to honour and celebrate our armed forces in the beautiful surroundings of Gadebridge Park. I hope that our communities will join us on the day to show their support and to enjoy the fantastic entertainment and activities on offer. Event information will be shared on the Council's social media and website at www.decorum.gov.uk forward slash AFD. 
Facts about the Armed Forces Day. It was initially named Veterans Day up until 2009 when it was changed to Armed Forces Day. The date was chosen as it was the day after the first investiture of the Victoria Cross in Hyde Park in 1847. Although an official event, it is not a public holiday in the UK. Armed Forces Day takes place on the last Saturday of each June, but celebrations officially begin on the Monday beforehand when the Armed Forces Day flag is raised on buildings and famous landmarks around the country. Superhero event at shopping centre. Superheroes and Villains Day is set to return to Hemel's Riverside Shopping Centre on Saturday, June the 17th from 11am till 4pm. It will give families the opportunity to meet their favourite on-screen characters in person with fan favourites such as Wonder Woman and the Joker on hand to pose for photographs and interact with shoppers. There will even be appearances from a ferocious larger-than-life dragon at intervals throughout the day. Visitors can marvel at recognisable online on-screen cars, including children's favourite Lightning McQueen and Ecto-1 made famous by Ghostbusters and more. Children can also pick up a trail guide to find hidden superheroes placed within the store windows at the shopping centre and return their completed form to enter to win a £50 Pizza Express voucher. Additionally, free face painters would be on hand to transform little ones into characters and creatures beyond their wildest imaginations to top off what is set to be a fantastic day out in Hemel Hempstead. The event is free for all to attend. However, money is being raised as part of one great day to support Great Ormond Street Hospital and local disabled riding school, Gaddiston Place with a fun tombola taking place for the chance to win some fantastic prizes. Phil Stife of Riverside Shopping Centre said, We are so excited to see the return of our popular Superheroes and Villains event. This is going to be a wonderful day out for families and a fantastic way to raise some money for two very important charities. We can't wait to welcome you. Sports Roundup Cricket. Hemel Hempstead Town Cricket Club first 11 got back to winning ways with a comfortable success at Reed on Saturday. Reed must have regretted their decision to bat with the toss as the Hemel bowlers tore them apart in 22 overs. Opening bowlers Will Hodgins, 1 for 23, and Bill Jones, 1 for 16, kept things tight at 37 for 2 from the first 12 overs, and that Matt Parkins, 4 for 21, and Brett Penny, 3 for 7, tore out the rest of the Reed innings. Those two opened the Hemel batting and were equally back in the hutch in rapid time as Reed had Hemel at 8 for 2. Hemel's second also put an impressive display to see off Allenbury's, the highlight being James Potton's unbeaten 112 with the bat. Allenbury's won the toss and put Hemel 11 in and saw them amass 304 for eight. Along with Potton's knock, opener Phil Smith scored 44 and Neil Morgan 41 as Hemel made Will Pett's five for 31 look small in comparison. Hemel's middle bowlers ran through the Allenbury's card with Stan Hayden, 2 for 18, Jacob Hodgkins, 2 
two for 55, and Dil Khan four for 27, claiming the spoils each from their 10 overs. The fourth 11, however, were defeated by St Albans. Drew Butler and Tayab Sadiq took two wickets each, but the hosts made 118 for six before bowling a weekend Hemel out for 64. Hemel's fifths played a friendly in Harpenden, but were narrowly defeated, making 153 for nine, with Matt Skears, 47, put the home side one by six wickets. Football. Ajea happy to stay at Tudors. Defender Kyle Ajea has agreed to remain with Hamel Hampstead Town for a fourth season as they prepare for another campaign in the National League South. Ajea joined from AFC Dunstable in 2020 and has been a key figure in the Tudors ranks ever since. Speaking to, to the club's YouTube channel, he said he's delighted to stay on. He said, it means a lot to stay. I know so many of the fans well. Even when I wasn't playing, I was watching in the crowd with them and many have become my friends, so it just feels right. The last couple of years haven't been great injury-wise and I haven't had the chance to show what I'm about. So to end last season with a couple of awards, like the Young Player of the Year and Goal of the Season, has been great because I've put... I've had to put in a lot of hard graft and be patient. The new management team has enhanced me as a player. They play to win every game, whilst at the same time teaching me as a player, and that's a lot. They've been patient with me and helped me with little things in my game. They take the time to show me and work with me, and it means a lot. Meanwhile, Hamel have re-signed Rhys Grant after his brief spell with the club towards the end of the previous season. Grant, who previously achieved promotion with manager Brad Quinton at Braintree in 2017-2018, also played for Dover and Chelmsford last season. Grant joins midfielders Joe Re and Jethro Hansen in joining the Tudors this summer, the central midfielder having caught manager Quinton's attention with consistent performances over his four-year spell at Chesant, making 36 appearances in the National League South last season. Ray became a vital member of Chesson's side throughout his time at the club, winning both players and supporters player of the season in 1920 and 2021 seasons. Hansen, meanwhile, spent last season with Hereford in National League North. Josh Hill, George Williams, Craig King, Kayleen Hines and Montel McKenzie will all still be at the club next season, having either agreed to remain or still be under contract with several other players in talks to remain or having been offered terms to resign. News from Watford Football Club. Central defender Matty Pollock is desperate to get a proper chance in the first team, but also knows his time at Watford may come to an end this summer. The 21-year-old has just finished a highly successful loan spell in the Scottish Premier League with Aberdeen, who finished third. However, Pollock is realistic and grounded enough to know that he may not get the opportunity to add to five appearances he has made for the Hornets since joining from Grimsby Town in May 2021. I love Watford Football Club and I have a burning ambition to play for them, he said. But in the same breath, I'm a competitive athlete who plays football and I want to be playing games. I think I proved myself at Cheltenham and then I proved myself again at Aberdeen. When I've been playing games regularly, I've done well. I need to develop and go as far as I can, and to do that, I need to be playing in games. Whether that's at Watford or not, well, that's for the club to decide. 
Pollock revealed he's having a shorter summer break than others in order to give himself the best chance. I'm starting my pre-season earlier than everyone else because I want to make the sacrifices to be sure I'm as right and as ready as I can be, he said. I could easily have a nice, comfortable summer and come back for a pre-season a bit unfit and overweight. But I'm not. I'm going to make sure I'm in the right shape to push from day one. But football works in funny ways, and maybe my time is up at Watford. That is a decision for the club, and I'm sure we'll find out fairly shortly. Pollock's last game for Aberdeen was only on Sunday, and he's grabbed a few days away this week before getting his own pre-season started. He's not spoken to anyone at Watford, but in his mind he needs to be at a club where he is in contention for the first team. Nobody has said anything to me either way, and I'll be ready to report back for pre-season, said Pollock. But I want to play games, and if I'm not going to get the chance to play games at Watford, then I won't fall out with a club. I can't afford to sit around and not be playing. Watford have ambitions, and I have ambitions. If it won't work out for me here, then I'd rather go and learn more of my trade somewhere else where I can play games than sit on the sidelines. OK, we've come to the end of this week's News Roundup. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are sunrise at 04.44 and sunset at 21.17, giving 16 hours and 32 minutes of daylight. And we've currently got a waning gibbous moon. The weather forecast over the weekend, prolonged sunny periods expected on Saturday, sunny spells with a risk of showers on Sunday and Monday, with perhaps thundery and slow-moving uh, systems feeling warm in the sunshine and winds generally light. If you'd like to give us any feedback or if you have a new story or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to secretary at dtnhemmel.org.uk. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on a Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk. For those who are listening to this week's news via the memory stick, after the music there is an amenity section that gives details of various groups and contact details of organisations. Until next time, it's goodbye from all the team tonight. Mm-hmm.